Welcome to the Injury and Violence Prevention In-Depth Podcast. My name is Mighty Fine, and I'm the host of this Safe States Alliance production. In this space, we'll engage in dialogue with IVP professionals on a variety of issues to help inform our listeners on the latest trends and hot topics in injury and violence prevention. This in-between episode will focus on maternal and child health. The in-betweens are episodes where I get to talk directly to you, our audience, in between our episodes when I normally engage in dialogue with leading experts in injury and violence prevention. Today's episode is sponsored by Fagri Drinker, which is a firm designed for clients. With more than 1,200 experienced attorneys, consultants, and professionals in 21 locations in the United States, London, and Shanghai, they have the strength to solve complex transactional litigation and regulatory challenges wherever needed. They partner with clients ranging from emerging startups to multinational corporations, delivering comprehensive and customized advice that advances ambitious business objectives. To learn more about them, be sure to visit www.faegredrinker.com. So as we celebrate mothers during the month of May, and we really should be celebrating them 12 months out of the year, right? They do great work and and they're just such an instrumental part of our lives. I do also feel that when we have this dedicated time to observe and celebrate them, it serves as a moment for us to sit back and reflect on the beauties of motherhood and being a parent and to also address some of the challenges, one of which I'll be talking about today. A recent study published by the Journal of the American Medical Association found that drug overdose deaths, particularly deaths involving synthetic opioids like fentanyl, reached record highs in 2020 and 2021. And there's a consensus among some researchers and practitioners that this was exacerbated by social economic, and healthcare disruptions, which were associated with the COVID-19 pandemic. Ultimately, the study found that pregnant and postpartum persons are at high risk for fatal overdose. This research tracked trends in the overdose mortality rate from 2017 to 2020 among both pregnant and postpartum people and compared that to others of reproductive age, which are 15 through 44. They found that the overdose mortality rate among pregnant and postpartum people has been lower than the rate for others of reproductive age, but it's increasing faster for those who are pregnant or within one year of giving birth. Additionally, the paper noted that in 2020, there were about 12 pregnancy-associated overdose deaths for every 100,000 births, a 46% spike in one year and an 81% increase since 2017. There were about 20 deaths for every 100,000 people in the broader reproductive age group, but the rate grew more slowly, increasing 38% in 2017. This study further demonstrates the need for us in injury and violence prevention to continually address overdose with urgency and intent. I mean, we know that opioid misuse and overdose can have a detrimental impact on mothers and infants during pregnancy and even the first year after birth. To continue to address overdose, it will undoubtedly require collaboration and coordination across sectors. 
In fact, CDC's Division of Reproductive Health, also known as DRH, is collaborating with states, federal partners, and national organizations to take on this public health challenge. They're working to better understand opioid use and risks among pregnant and postpartum women, maternal overdose deaths, and related state needs. They're exploring how best to support health systems to improve the care of pregnant and postpartum women with opioid use disorder and infants with neonatal abstinence syndrome. You know, DRH really recognizes that building state, tribal, local, and territorial capacity is essential to tackle the overdose problem. So with that, I'd like to highlight three of their initiatives they're employing to address this public health challenge under the umbrella of capacity building. The first is the Opioid Use Disorder Maternal Outcomes and Neonatal Abstinence Syndrome Initiative. It's a mouthful there. (laughs) It's also called OMNI for short. It's a learning community that supports state teams to implement policies and programs to address opioid use among pregnant and postpartum women and infants prenatally exposed to opioids. Then there's the Perinatal Quality Collaboratives, or the PQCs, which are state or multi-state networks of teams working to improve the quality of care for mothers and babies, identifying areas for improvement, making changes as quickly as possible, and monitoring uptake and impact. CDC funds 13 PQCs to improve the quality of perinatal care in their states, including efforts to improve outcomes related to maternal, opioid use disorder, and neonatal abstinence syndrome. And the third one I'd like to mention is CDC's Maternal and Child Health Epidemiology Program. This is where they assign epidemiologists and and fellows to state, local, and tribal agencies to support epidemiologic research and provide scientific information to strengthen maternal child health activities. These assignees work on a wide range of issues, including maternal opioid use disorder and neonatal abstinence syndrome. So that's what CDC is doing in this area. In addition to the efforts that I just mentioned, I'd like to share some reflections that I have. I think we must work to reduce the stigma associated with substance misuse and get comfortable talking about it without judgment so we can save lives. NIH notes that stigma is a dynamic process in which individuals and structures continuously engage in exchanges mediated by power, control, and domination. It's important to note that stigma can influence the care of people at the individual, intrapersonal, and institutional level, and can vary based on the condition that the stigma is applied. In the instance of substance use disorder, stigma frames addiction as a personal choice, reflecting moral failing and deficiency in willpower and can vary by substance. So NIH is really challenging us to think about the impact that stigma has on substance use disorder and help us to ensure that folks are receiving this information not as a moral failing, but really thinking about it from a systemic issue and recognizing the role that substance play in our lives and particularly the lives of pregnant or postpartum people. So addressing stigma is critically important so we can get folks the care that they need. But I'd like to believe that stigma also plays a role in the type of care that they receive. So recognizing that stigma can be impactful in our families, in our social networks, but also plays a role in the type of care we receive with our medical providers. So 
let's work on tackling stigma. The other thing that I'd like to elevate is really thinking about screening for substance use and making it a part of a comprehensive care for pregnant women. And it really should be done at the first prenatal visit in partnership with the pregnant person. Screening based only factors such as poor adherence to prenatal care or prior adverse pregnancy outcomes can lead to miscases and may add to stereotyping and stigma. Therefore, it is essential that screening be universal. And lastly, I think we have to be sure to make the connection between maternal overdose and other issues regarding maternal and child health. This will enable us to have a more comprehensive approach to this issue and address challenges facing women and children. And this can include, of course, tackling root causes and the underlying factors of substance use or other related reasons for substance use initiation in the first place. So these are some of my thoughts on this matter, and I implore you all to continue to explore how best we can work together to prevent overdose broadly and specifically for postpartum and pregnant people. As always, thanks for listening to IVP In-Depth. Feel free to subscribe and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can also follow Safe States on Twitter at Safe States, also on LinkedIn. And don't forget to check out our website at safestates.org for more injury and violence prevention tools and resources. Again, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Fakery Drinker, for supporting Safe States and helping us to create space for programs such as this. This is your host, Mighty Fine, signing off. And until next time, stay safe and injury-free.